Well, I'm excited about tonight, guys. Uh, some of you hadn't been part of the services for a couple of weeks, but we had started out been three weeks ago uh, on Life's Compass study here in Freedom's Ministry, uh, Freedom Ministries, and now we're going to close it out uh, tonight with the last part of this message. And uh, I'm just excited to see what God is going to do in this place tonight. Uh, I believe that your being here tonight is not an accident or a coincidence. Oh, I believe that under the sound of my voice are men and women that are being raised up as leaders to be staff holders in, this la- in these last days. And I believe that it's been strategic by the Lord that as we've been meeting together on Sunday nights, that you're coming into a recovery ministry in this church in Evansville, Indiana, either because you have recently struggled or you're just coming out of a struggle of either alcohol, drug addiction, something that has controlled your life for a period of time. And as you come in to the house of the Lord on Sunday night for recovery ministry, freedom ministries, freedom, man, coming out from underneath the power control of another. And I believe many of you that sitting here under the sound of my voice have experienced a touch of God, that you have experienced uh, a revelation of God, and that He has touched your life in some capacity even before you ever stepped foot through these doors. But God's brought you here. For a mission to give you purpose in life. You may be sitting here tonight wondering, I don't even know why that I continue coming here to hear these messages. I, I don't even know why that I get up in the morning, why I even go to church on Sunday morning. God, what am I supposed to do with my life, Lord? Am I just supposed to get up and, and go to work and just beat through the day from day to day? Uh, God, why did you create me? Why do I feel this emptiness and this void? I feel like that my life has no purpose. And we be, and people can become miserable in that time, even living a clean and sober life. Even though you're not being locked up in the penitentiary anymore, you're not frequenting a dope house or a bar stool, but you've been clean and sober for a period of time, and now is the time for you to hear a specific word that's in season, that's on time, for God to stir up the gifts that He has placed inside of you, for you to be launched into the community, into your church, For you to be raised up into the strength of the Lord. For you to become a voice. Next Sunday night, I want to invite you guys to come out. Because one of our brothers that's sitting here tonight, Brother Larry Brooks, is going to give his testimony here. Powerful testimony. He blessed me enough to be able to share part of that with me uh, last week. And you can just feel the anointing of God coming through him. And that's what we want to do. We want to see men and women that's been set free by the power of God stand up and become a voice for God. Amen. The freedom that God has given you now was never given to you for you to consume it upon yourself and just go through life, just living day to day as what the social standard of normal looks like. God saved your life for one reason. And that's to become a sounding board of worship for Him. That's why He created mankind, was to have a relationship with them and to pour out His love upon us. And as we close out this study on the life's compass, as we've been learning each and every week through God's Word of how the Holy Spirit 
comes into our lives as we're coming out of bondage of addictions, of how we learn to submit our lives each and every day to allow God to direct our steps. As we allow Him to touch every area of our life, we give Him permission to touch our marriage. We give Him permission to touch our job. We give Him permission to touch our our children, our relationships with our family. We give Him permission to touch our ministries. We give Him permission to come in and infiltrate every area of our life. And as we learn and we grow more into the knowledge of God's Word... Oh, and as he takes us through this process of time, however long that he deems it necessary for us to be on this earth, that we learn to captivate time. We learn to be time managers to where we are no longer a slave to time and that we're no longer a slave to the time clock or the calendar and we're no longer trying to catch up for time lost. As you see, As we come out of bondage and addictions, there's a lot of time in our life that's been forfeited to the enemy that we've lost that we can't get back. And the Lord says, I want to take this mindset and change you to where you are a man that no longer looks back, but that's looking forward and that time is catching up to you now so that you have an answer for the situations in life of every day that you face. That you're not coming into life waking up in the morning in a place of drudgery, wondering how that you're going to make it through whatever situation, circumstance, trial, affliction that you may be uh, walking into or that you're dealing with in the moment. That you have an answer. You know where to go get the answers from. That you're in a place of prayer and worship and studying God's Word to where the Holy Spirit can direct you for that time and to give you what you need in life so you can experience Second Peter 1.3. By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. That's the whole message of the Gospel. Teaching and discipling men and women how to live a godly life. If you don't desire to live a godly life sitting under the sound of my voice, you're wasting your time here. You're not going to receive much from here. You may be able to come in and be able to experience just a little bit of maybe fellowship and be able to build some relationships here into the house of the Lord where someone might be able to give you uh, some help for a certain period of time that you're in. But until you decide that you want to put God first in your life, you'll never be able to experience true freedom. It's always going to be a struggle. And my prayer is that God help awaken you, and if that's you in the house of the Lord or whoever might be listening in, that if you're in that place of just blah and that place of deadness, and you're just going through the motions, God wants to make you a lively stone, a lively vessel that wakes up with excitement, with some pep in your step. You get up in the morning and you're like, oh my gosh, this stinking time clock goes off again. You're smacking it off the end table thinking, I wish I could just sleep another five hours because I don't want to get up and face the day. But that God gives you a supernatural ability to get up in the morning and to say, thank you God for another opportunity to go out and to be a voice. Thank you Lord for giving me another opportunity today to learn something more of you. And that only comes 
through prayer and can only be, and can only come by the power of the Holy Spirit as we're seeking the Lord and uh, we're walking this thing out together. And it's not about perfection. It is about direction, guys. Oh, a lot of days I wake up, I'm not in that place where I'm just jumping up out of bed and I'm hopping in my work truck, tearing down scriptures, music blaring. I'm talking to everyone on the street, holding on to them, praying for them, all these things. I want to be that. I hope each and every one of us want to be there. But the truth is, there's more days that I'm not. But here's the thing. Ten years now into this, I'm not as far back as what I was. There's more days that I wake up now like that than there is that it's not. And the more that we walk this thing out, guys, and the more that you uh, come in, and the more that you become uh, a man, a woman that desires to seek the truth of God's Word, the more the Holy Spirit is going to reveal and empower you for the things that He has uh, planned for you and for your life so you can experience Jeremiah 29, 11, in all fullness, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I got plans and thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a hope and a future, a future and a hope, to give you good things, and the Lord wants to pour those things out upon us. But as we've been learning over these past few weeks, that the goodness of God is real, the love of God is real, Amen. Many of us have experienced that in some levels here in the house of the Lord. But to experience His promises that He gives us in His Word of that lasting peace, of that lasting clarity of mind, that there is requirements in God's Word that He reveals to man in order for us to be able to grab a hold of those things so they're tangible on this side of eternity. Oh, many people are discouraged all over the world tonight, sitting in recovery groups, ministries, even churches on Sunday morning, because they feel that God has left them in some way. They, they feel that prayers hadn't been answered, that they had petitioned to the Lord, and that they get this downcast look and feeling upon their life that, uh, nothing is ever going to be different than what it is right now, and they feel such disappointment and letdown. And God wants to show us tonight, I believe, the remedy for that. That it's not that God has let you down in any way. And it's not that God does not love you. And it's not that He does not hear and answer your prayers. But as we learn and we grow more in the knowledge of God, our prayer life starts to change a little bit. We give requests to God, yes. But we learn to be... Uh, accept what we learn to accept and understand God's will and what that will looks like in our life so that we can accept where we are today despite the things going on around us. And we're not dictated because of the things that's not changing in our life. We don't become disappointed because we're only seeing uh, so far. God changes our vision to be able to see further than the here and the now. And those men and women that's come into that place of relationship with God have have a peace about their life that the rest of the world wants to gravitate to naturally. Because even when they're going through hell and high water... 
they might not always be some ecstatic praise vessel, but they know because through consistency of their life, men and women around them know that even though they may be shaken, things are going on, it's out of control as the world looks upon us. And as we grow more in the knowledge of God, that they see that we will not stay in that place of if we're in a place of depression, agony, whatever that it may be, but that we will come to the other side and they will see us glorify God in the earth. They will see you. They wonder why. How is this man or woman going through these things? And they're always giving me a scripture, man. They're always, I, they're always trying to encourage me in some way. And you know the intimate details of their life of what's going on. And here the way they act, how they handle things in life is just foreign to the world. God desires to give that to each and every one of us. And that's possible for you in the house of the Lord tonight. But there's going to be some steps for us to be able to get there. And as you take this study over these past few weeks and the scriptures that we have went over. And as you start to build them into as people part of your life. God can use these simple tools to help catapult you to places in life that you would never be able to go otherwise on your own. And and I pray that Isaiah 53, 6, that as we wake up in the mornings and as we go to battle for the next day, some of us are in, in, in harder battles than others. That we realize that we are all like sheep have gone astray. We have all turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That gives me great hope because it gives me a revelation that each and every one of us that's walking this life has lost their way in some way. At some point, and it's a continual process, he says, we all like sheep go astray. At times, But we have this hope because we don't have to stay lost. We don't have to stay in places of brokenness when we find ourselves there because God has given us a way out through Jesus Christ. He laid all those misdirections. He laid all of our shortcomings. He laid all of our sin. He laid everything that you have ever done and committed in your lifetime or will in the future on His precious Son, Jesus Christ. He paid a price for you so that despite who you are and despite even though you're not perfect and despite even though that you may still have struggles, that because of His Son, He still gives you the ability to be able to live this life in a place of, of peace to where He'll give you... Um, He'll give you by His Holy Spirit a, a revelation of Himself to where that you're not held in the identity of your failure. So once we know that we're not a failure, despite the things that were going on in our life, no matter where you are right now, what you've done before you come into this place tonight, what happened this past week, how many times you fell and hit your head and stumbled around in the dark, there's still hope for you tonight and God loves you unconditionally. Because He has laid all of those missteps on His Son 2,000 years ago. The price has been paid for you. All you have to do is accept Him and accept the freedom that He offers by picking up His Son and allowing Him to come in to be part of your life. And He will take and start to peel away those missteps and those heartaches and those uh, misdirections in our life as He brings us into more clarity. And then we're able to come in to start making godly decisions in our life. And we, and we learn Matthew 6.33 that as we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness... 
Everything that we're seeking in life of provision-wise, what we need for food, drink, clothing, will be added to our lives. Amen? And then as we learn these truths and we start to build them into our life, God calls us to a place of perseverance. And this is the last part of this message tonight, is how to hold the course. If you never learn how to stand and fight, these other two truths that we're building into our life will have no effect. Because until we learn how to fight and to stand with the truth that we have been given, it's just words on a paper. It's just words that we wake up and that we might read and we do devotion a few times a week. It's just, it becomes powerless. But when it becomes real, a reality... When the scripture, when the life of God becomes a reality, it's a game changer. But the enemy never wants God in his word, his Holy Spirit, revelation of his son to become a reality in our life. Because when he truly becomes reality and he truly becomes our life, as Jeremiah 17, 7 said, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is the Lord. It takes the power away from the enemy to be able to dictate you emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And so many people in the house of the Lord are defeated emotionally. They know the truth. They, they've been exposed to the person of Jesus Christ. They've been even exposed to the Holy Spirit. But because they have never learned and been discipled in how to stand and how to fight and what it looks like to be a disciple of Christ, when they come into new areas of friction, see the very first message that we ever preached here at Freedom Ministries a few months ago was we had a match, right? And we're going to bring everything together here tonight for those of you who've been part of this for some time. A match can't be lit until it's drug across a rough grain. Amen. God wants to use those rough places of your life as you're being drugged through this life through a process of time. That as you are being drugged through hard places, He ignites you as a flame for God. He gives you such a heat and intensity inside of you to overcome the friction that everything around you that opposes God will start to burn away. And over time, as you start to burn brighter and God's Holy Spirit is feeding this oil over top of your life and He's feeding this flame and you get bigger and your life begins to grow in the Lord, that you're able to handle more difficulty. You're able to handle more trials. You're able to handle more things than what you was a year ago, uh, two years ago, three years ago. And He'll do that for each and every one of us. But there's something that you need to learn in this battle now, no matter how long that you've been clean and sober, where you are. This life is never going to get easier. This life, because you stepped out into the things of God, you thought you was fighting when you was an addict. And you was. And for your life. But now that you've come into this freedom and now that you have been exposed to the truth of God's Word and now the power of God is coming into your life and that you are stepping out into mission work and as you start stepping out and learning and you're growing from a baby into a man and a woman of God, the enemy roams around this world 
like a raging lunatic. Like a, the devil says, like a roaring lion. Screaming everywhere he goes, loud. He wants to come into your life and he wants to cause the chaos around you to become so loud and noisy that you stop being able to hear the small voice of God, the still voice of the Lord that's in the calm places. And once he gets us, once that lion comes out unaware and we're being pounced, we're just walking through, we've learned, we've grown in one area of life. Now we're learning to apply the word of God in our life. We're building godly relationships. We're going through process of forgiveness. We're forgiving people from our past. We're learning to forgive ourselves. We're accepting the forgiveness of God. We're learning how to become obedient to God's word. We're learning how to become a worshiper of God. We're learning how to come in and worship God even when we don't feel like it because we know out of God's word he said that he blesses the voice of praise from his people and as we start to do those things and then we go into building godly relationships in the church other recovery ministries and you're building uh, people around you that strong men and women in the faith and as you start to learn to set boundaries in your life in accordance to God's word that you start cutting certain areas off the enemy wants to come in And now that you have a little bit of clarity and a little bit of peace, and you get just a little block to stand on, you say, thank you, God, I've lived my whole life in chaos. Now I've got an apartment. Now I've got a house. Now I've got a job. Now I've got just enough to pay my bills. I'm able to have food on my feet. Thank you, Lord. And you got this little bubble. And then now here comes the enemy. Ah! And he wants to just come in and just wreak havoc in and through your life. The next thing you know, you're being blowed back You lose your job, rent goes up, people sell the place where you're living, you've got health issues that's coming up, families falling apart all around you, insane circumstances are coming up, there's death and destruction all around, and you're experiencing and seeing John 10.10 all over the world that this thief has come into this world to come to steal, kill, and destroy, and that's what his job is. But he said, the Lord said, I have come to give you life and that you may have life more abundantly. He said, this, this lion that's roaring around, he wants to get you into a place of fear. He wants to get you into a place of paralysis. That's what he does. He thinks if he scares you bad enough, have you ever been scared to death? I'm talking to where you peed your pants or worse. I've done it all, man. I'm talking... <laughs> It's embarrassing, but you're so scared. You lock up, man. Have you ever seen those fainting goats on TV? They're them goats, them little goats, man, and they're, they're just walking and something jumps out and scares them. They stiffen up like a statue and then they just fall over like they're dead. That's what we do. That's what the enemy wants us to do. He's like, I'm going to get them so scared that they faint in life right where they're at. They, 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 Because they feel powerless in the situation that there's no way out. We're just going to fall over and stay right here where we are and not take another step. And that's what he does. Because as we lay there dormant, and we stop pressing forward toward the things and the truth of God's Word, the world is moving all around us. God's moving. God is a God that moves. The world's moving. Time moves. And sometimes men and women, as they go through recovery and as they are coming out from extreme situations, the enemy will scare them because of reports 
that uh, is coming of negativity. He'll scare them with, with court things, financial difficulties, health issues, and he'll get them to a place to where they just freeze up like a fainting goat. We just fall over. We might not be going to the dope house or to alcohol. We might not be going to porn sites anymore or anger, but we just stop living. We just stop everything where we're at. We close ourselves in. We isolate ourselves from the church. We isolate ourselves from men and women of God. And we just stay this one little bubble. But then as time goes on and time progresses and you start to want to peer out of that bubble, everything else around you has changed. It looks different. You come out and it's like, man, you've been in a time warp, man. It's like, wow, now here I'm stepping out. How many years has it been? Everything looks different. It's not the same people. People don't know. People don't know me like I knew them back then. Where have I been? And I've been in this place in the Lord. He says, I don't want you to fall into that trap. Because even though you may live through that, you forfeit the very gift that God has given you of life and for you to experience life to the full. He wants you to be happy. To have joy in Him. He wants you to be able to experience a life that's filled with peace, that's rest. He don't desire for situations and circumstances out of our control to cause us to go into a place of paralysis, to freeze up and to go backward from the things of God. But He wants to make us in Romans 5, 1 through 5, Romans 5, 1 through 5, man and woman of God. And this is how but I want to show you out of God's Word. I pray His Holy Spirit touch you in this tonight to show you God's plan. See, Jeremiah 29, 11. The Lord says, I know the thoughts, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. We're going to reveal God's plan tonight in the house of God. You say, you know God's plan? Absolutely. I know His plan. His Word shows me His plan. Now that I know God's plan... Now I know every other plan is from the enemy. So now I can take every other plan that comes outside of this one plan, and if it does not line up to this plan, then I forfeit my future and my hope. Romans 5, 1-5. through This is going to be imperative to your spiritual growth and your next steps in your walk with the Lord as you learn and you grow more into the knowledge of God. He says now, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith. I'm going to read this out of the New King James for a minute. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have, we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Many of us have experienced this scripture. You realize now that you've been justified through Christ. You've got this peace now that's come into your life that you've never had before. You've got things that's happening. You've got blessings of God being poured out upon your life. You've got doors opening for you right now that you've never seen open before. And he says, we thank God for these times. And now he says, I need to build this truth into your life, church, because now this is my plan for all of mankind. This is my plan for every child of God that's universal around the globe. And not only that we rejoice in the things that's happening that's good in our life, but now we learn, we also glory in tribulations. 
We're going to break this down for just a second. You know what the word glory in the Greek, it literally meant living with a head up, not down. It says that is boasting from a particular vantage point by having the right base of operation to deal successfully with a matter. He says, I want to make you a man or woman of God that's not looking down, that's not walking through life like this, but I want to come in by my Holy Spirit. And God wants to lift your chin to where you can walk with confidence, not shame. Where you walk with an identity in who your Father is and who the Lord Jesus Christ is and desires to be in and through your life. And you know who your daddy is. And you know your daddy sits on the throne in the right hand of God. And you know he holds all power in the heavens and on the earth. And nothing can make a move in this life. Whether it be spiritual, that is from God, or whether it be demonic. Nothing can move except that it be allowed to be moved by him. Woo! But, but knowing that you're connected to that power. That created the world. He said he's got every hair on your head numbered. He said, I want you to become a man or woman that walks upright, that has a head lifted high. And he says that we keep our heads lifted high even in tribulation. Tribulation in the Greek, it meant to proper that, that meant pressure. What constricts or rubs together? So, like we experienced with the match being drug across the grain, so is our lives. We're like a matchstick in the hand of God. The world is the rough places. we got to live in this chaotic mess called life. we got to live in this broken, fallen society that's godless, that's going absolutely no good direction, and we have to be beside of it every single day. There's pressure that gets built up because you're, you get frustrated because you don't want to experience this pain. We don't want to experience this chaos. These people, these lunatics, these people that don't even want to, want to acknowledge God. And here we are. And sometimes we're having to live in the same houses with them. Sometimes God has us so close that it seems to be just breathing down our neck and you can't escape. The insanity. And he says it's like this pressure. We feel like we're in a pressure cooker. And he says it's used as a narrow place that hems someone in. This internal pressure that causes someone to feel confined or restricted. Life can make you feel that way at times. Because of trial. Life can make you feel that. as Those are the scare tactics of the enemy. That comes up unaware. It's a new trial each and every day. Each and every process of time that you step, that you walk, as the calendar starts to peel back every month is going to bring a new set of problems. He says, so this pressure is going to remain all around you. He says, now that you glory in in tribulations, knowing that tribulations (laughs) produce perseverance. And perseverance will produce character and character hope. Perseverance means to be persistent in doing something despite the difficulty or delay in achieving success. This is going to be your Christian walk your whole life. You've got to learn how to be able to deal with negative issues God's way. 
You've got to learn now who you are in the hell and the chaos now. Especially while you have a covering and you're in a place of accountability. So that when you step out on your own and maybe Wellspring isn't here anymore. Maybe Freedom Ministries, maybe Teen Challenge, maybe some of these places aren't here anymore. That you are grown up enough in the things and the truth of God. And have been empowered by the Holy Spirit to be able to stand your ground and to walk this process of life with victory, with courage, with praise with fortitude, with passion, to where you don't forfeit your God-given right in this earth back to the enemy. To where you don't let Him come in and take your praise to cause you to be captivated emotionally and go into a place of despair. He said that this will produce character inside of us. What is character? It's your personality. It's integrity. It's who you are, what you stand for. It's everything that makes you up. What integrity is, is what you do when no one else is around. When no one else is looking in or peering in that you see to have some type of uh, place in your life or, you know, whether it be peers, whether it be family, it's just basically you. It's you. Who you are right now, who you are when you go home, you sit on your couch, who you are as you're sleeping through the night and you get up in the middle of the night and there's no one else. It's who you are, it's your character. He said, knowing how to fight God's way will build godly character into you to make your personality one of God. To make your integrity one one that's like God. To make us more Christ-like. To experience Second Peter 1.3, by His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. God wants to build into somebody in the house of the Lord tonight this knowledge, this revelation, that despite where you are, God is good. You've got to learn now to be able to pull out the silver lining, so to speak, in life. You've got to learn how to write down the things as God moves upon your life and where you are right now, that you become, that you learn how to become a vessel of worship that you are putting down, not just in your memory bank, because if you only keep it here, the enemy will snatch it from you. He will take things that God's doing in you right now, as I just heard brother tonight talk about things that was happening this week, blessings. You'll forget some of those a month from now. Five years from now, you might not remember any of them. And right now, it gives you the ability to stand. You feel the power of God. Write those things down. Put them in a journal. Start now preparing yourself as a weapon of warfare in the hand of God. This is how you do it. You say, well, no one's ever... I've never heard this type of message before. God just don't beam it into you. No. He expects you to put skin in the game. You've got to do something. You have got to, like a soldier, you've got to learn how to fight. So we're teaching tonight how to learn how to fight and how to fight God's way so we can become victorious because God has already overcome the world. Greater is He that's in you than he that is in the world. So what are some areas that a new Christian or how is some areas 
that even maybe a more mature Christian in their walk, and even me today, even Chad, even, even those that have years of service in the Lord, what are some areas that the enemy comes in and tries to get us off course? As we've learned through this process that the Word of God is our map of life, and He shows us obstacles that we face. Not just in the physical, but they're spiritual. What hinders you at times from being able to experience this transformation? What causes you to step back from the truths of God and to isolate and to lock up and to go back into places of bondage instead of being able to stand your ground as the Lord says that we're shod with the preparation of the gospel, our feet have like these spikes on them. We're grounded. We know where we are standing right now. And we're not moving off this spot. Though God picks up my leg and move. And when I step on this spot, as I become clothed in the righteousness of God and I grow in the truth of God's word, my feet will be planted. The wind may blow me all over the place, but I will not move off this piece of ground. And then I'm going to take another step. And God begins to shield us. And He closes us with the helmet of the hope of salvation. He equips us with the sword of the Spirit, right? He gives us the shield of faith. He gives us the breastplate of righteousness. He gives us this belt of truth that hinges all these things together. And this big buckle that holds all this in, in, in the place. It's truth. Jesus Christ is truth. He's what holds life together. You can't have any other piece of spiritual armor that will stay with you any length of time unless you stay in the presence of the Master and have His belt guarding you. Your bowels. You know what God, you know what a belt covers? It's all of this, even reproductive area. He will guard what you reproduce in the earth. He Himself, out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water, He says. Those that put their trust in Him. So I want to share with you tonight something very personal that I hope helps somebody because I believe in testimony of God. I believe God moves in the house of worship based off from testimony of what God has done, is doing inside of each and every one of our lives. And as we bring Scripture out and we preach The Word of God, he says, Romans 10, 17, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. This is, this is the Word. This is the written Word that we preach, that we bring up, but we have to learn how to bridge it to life. See, a Word just descending out into the airwaves that have no landing place just gets burned up. But when you can give it a place to land, See, and that's what God wants to do with us as ministers. We build a bridge. We're a bridge from heaven to earth. We are what touch this tangible piece of ground. Our physical person is the vessel God pours in. These gifts, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to touch the tangible. We're the bridge. We have to be able to build the bridge in such a way that as we touch tangible objects, like a human life, a soul, a mind, we are able through experience, we are able through our own standing and test as we learn to overcome uh, hard places in this life as we're being drugged across the grain and we're being ignited for God.
that when we touch something, when we preach the Word, when the Word comes off our lips, it does something in the natural that can only be supernaturally infused and performed because you have allowed God the permission to use you as a bridge. People will cross over to freedom through your life. You will be the very bridge laid over a catastrophic cavern that somebody feels they cannot ever see their way across. It's too deep for them to go through. It's too far for them to jump. And as God begins to move upon your life, you, as you learn to lay your life down first for God, and then we lay ourselves down for others, it will be the very bridge that God uses to give them a place to be able to walk across until they experience the same freedom and life and truth that has been so graciously poured into your life. So as I've been training this past decade now myself in, in the ways of God, and as I've been discipled, and as men and women of God, pillars of faith that I've been blessed with enough to come into my life to help speak truth to me. Over the course of this time, I want to share with you a few things tonight. And I'm going to read for you out of a book that's written by Lance Witt, and this is called High Impact Teams. This The revelation that he gives, that I'm about to read for just a few minutes. He talks about these shadows that we live in. And as before I get into this, I'm going to explain to you what this is. These shadows that God's bringing us out of. You see, our life has been shadowed for years by something. You cast the shadow everywhere that you go. Okay. For years of our life, what we have casted out that others see that they are follow has been very negative and destructive patterns. People's followed you. You say, no one's ever followed me in my life. Oh yeah, they have. Somebody has heard, seen, and they've reacted in life by something they have learned from you. Everybody in life desires to learn something or to follow somebody. God wants us to learn to make Him the high shepherd to where we follow Him first and then He places the right people in our life that we can follow. And He teaches and shows us what those people look like in His, uh, through His Word in the body of Christ. But these shadows that we had cast that we're seeking to come out of, these emotional ties that we have, these uh, lies that we have built into our life of truth, God, I believe, wants to break in the house of the Lord tonight. I'm going to read from you a couple paragraphs here of what he has wrote about his own personal journey. And as I read this several years ago and went through this training, God used this in a mighty way in my life to help show me certain characteristics of my life Scripts that I had wrote in my life of truth that I had built that was a lie from the enemy. And it wasn't until it was exposed to me that I was able to start focusing on it. I have not mastered these, but I am striving to become better today. And now that I have a knowledge and revelation of it, it helps me to be able to recognize these patterns as they start to come in. So I'm going to read this and I 
I believe that somebody in the house of the Lord is going to be touched, including myself, by what he has to say. He says, when you don't pay attention to your soul, who you are, your character, everything that makes up who you are right now, he says that naturally we end up putting all of our focus on the externals of life. You will feed and fuel the doing side of your life while starving the being side. When Parker Palmer talks about the journey of the soul, he remarks everything in us cries out against us, which is why we externalize everything. It's so much easier to deal with the external world than to spend our lives and to spend our lives manipulating material and institutions and other people instead of dealing with our own soul. As the Lord says, to slow down, to get quiet with God. He says, if this is who that you are, we just do, 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 and we're not seeking to become, become, become more like Christ. We do things for Christ, but we're not seeking to become more like Christ. He says, by the way, that's a great making for a Pharisee. My natural wiring is to be ambitious and driven, and in some ways those qualities have served me well. But what I did not comprehend is that there was a shadow side to those traits. Often my ambition, which I saw as a strength, was motivated not by God, but by an unhealthy need to be perceived as a success. Over time, I learned how to cloak my selfish ambition in kingdom language. It became easy for me to wrap my unhealthy ambition into God talk and then sanctify it. Have you ever met somebody in your life that just seem overzealous for God in some way? Have you, everyone has met these people. You meet them in recovery meetings and discipleship ministries all, all over. It's nothing, it's nothing new. They're come in and they're praise the house now, man. It just seemed like they have this overzealous fire for God. And they learn the language of the house of God very well. They start to learn certain slogans and phrases that catch people's attention. Oh, they start to heap up this whole new language in their vocabulary that they build into their life. And they're, they're speaking kingdom things, but... Their own personal life, they're never seeking to really become like God in any way. They speak these things and they come in, but in the quiet places of their life, and in the darkness, and in the, and in the places where there's no one else around, these kingdom values, these things that they speak, this worship goes down to nothing. And then there's, there's like this falseness. That you can see, and sometimes it takes time being with someone before you actually see through that illusion. But time is the great test to everything. Mark it down. You will know somebody through time. You seek to follow a minister. You seek to follow certain people in your life that God has brought in. Make sure you know who. You're submitting your ear to. That they are a man or woman of God that has been tested. That they're a man or woman of God that has come through. And that they are someone that you can link 
God's character with consistency, not perfection, and through time. It's important that you learn these things because, see, one of the greatest catastrophes in the world is when men and women start stepping out, they've been, they've had an experience, but they've never learned to become. And they live their whole life off an experience instead of a revelation and reality that's become built into their life. So then, we'll be quick to go out to be this vessel and this voice, but we have not yet allowed God the time process in our life in order to build the character of God in and through our life so we can be the voice. This takes time. This isn't microwave recovery. Freedom in Christ is not overnight. It just don't, your freedom on this side of eternity, freedom eternally is instantaneous. Learning how to live, become victorious in this life is a process. Now that's just a reality. When we go through the process, because a lot of us have spent so much time in agony and chaos that we just don't feel like we can spend another day and we want to be perceived as someone different than who we was, and we'll go through great lengths in order to accomplish that. And he says, this ultimately led to some unhealthy behavior and thinking, posturing in conversations, name dropping, number fudging, accessing over leadership and growth, and ultimately a utilitarian view of people. He says, A cousin to my unhealthy ambition was my drivenness. This led to me being compulsively busy and always trying to live beyond my limits. I believe the lie that important people are always busy people. I often wore my busyness as a badge of honor. And I had no trouble rationalizing my insane pace because after all, I was doing it for Jesus. And... I also was completely oblivious to scripts that I had been carrying since my childhood. One of those scripts that I now have been able to identify was to make sure everybody has a good opinion of you. This, of course, led to an unhealthy people-pleasing and approval addiction. Wow. I have found myself in this journey more times than I want to admit in this process of growth. Falling into this very trap that I had read to you and really unaware that I was doing it at the time because the lies are so infused and wrapped around our mind that it takes a great length of time for God to move in areas of our life as we seek the freedom of God, for Him to start building His character and to reveal certain things in our life. And only experience in time reveals those things. I used to have a serious problem with trying to please people. I have sacrificed in my life. And I don't say that, I just say this as a testimony to you tonight, not to pat myself on the back or to wear this as a badge of honor, because I used to do that. I made a sacrifice for God. Everybody in town knew how much I was sacrificing to be here. Everybody knew what it cost me in order to do this thing with you today. Everybody had to know. 
If I was going through extreme things in life, everybody needed to know, as I cloaked myself with the righteousness of self and accolades of man, that I just need you to recognize who I am, man. You know what it took for me to get here, man? You realize the type of hell I come out of, man? You realize who's standing in front of you tonight, dude? Do you have a clue of what I've been through? Oh, and you start to heap up these identities all in the name of Jesus because it sounds kingdom language because God wants us to be a living sacrifice for people, amen? He says, love God, love others, or become a living sacrifice. But he also says in 1 Samuel, he says, I don't don't desire your sacrifice. I want your obedience. Total change of mindset. The Lord said Romans 12 too, that I have come that you can be not have to be conformed to the patterns of the lies of this world, but that you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the power of the gospel, so you can prove what is the perfect, pleasing, acceptable will of God in and through your life. He goes on to say, he says that uh, the Apostle Paul highlights the importance of the inner life in 2 Corinthians 7 1. He says, Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of a reverence of God. This is becoming. We, we do these things, right? We, we decide. Our direction in our course when it comes to ministry, or things that we do uh, that we're that we're seeking to be done in connection with God because of a a reverent holiness, a fear, a love relationship with God. See, it's for God. It's not for others. It's not for yourself. See, sometimes we can jump out and we just. We got to do a lot of things that we heap up into our life to do because if we don't, we won't make it. We feel if we don't stay this busy, constantly doing, that we are going to fail. And if we feel that we ain't got people all around us patting us on the head all the time, telling us what a good boy or girl that we're doing and how powerful our testimony is and how powerful this is and what we've done, that if we don't have those things, we will shrivel up and die. And we feel like, i got to keep going, man. Every little thing that we can find to do and in the meantime of doing, doing, doing... Your family falls apart. Your marriage suffers. People right next to you suffer because you're doing so much in the name of kingdom work. He says, slow down. Don't fall into this trap because as you come out of addiction, in the, in the scripture's true where he says that the world eagerly awaits The raising up of the sons and daughters of God. That's a testimony. People want something to believe in. It might not be God. They just want something to believe in. So as you begin to... A testimony begins to be built into your life. People from all over 
is going to try to put cords to you and to pull you one way or the other at times. Now this isn't for everybody, but this is for some people now. So Lord, I believe, need this tonight in Revelation because it will bring health to your soul. Make sure as you're going through this process that it's first about God. Allow the person of Jesus Christ first the time with you to build you up as the house that He's calling you to be. Don't be so overzealous and ambitious for things and and deny God the very power to work in the areas that He wants to restore and bring freedom to in and through your life. He says... It's not just your body that is in danger of being poisoned, Paul says, but your spirit, your inner life can also be contaminated. That's you, your soul, who you are, your character. He says, I want to share with you a lesson I wish I had learned much earlier in my life about some toxins that had contaminated my soul. Some of the qualities people applaud you for in your life are the very things that can wreck your soul. Rewind. Let's visit this again. Some of the very qualities that people applaud your in and around your life are the very things that can wreck your soul. Let's soak it in and let this serve as a red flag warning. Have you ever experienced this in detail, maybe some have, some have not in the house of the Lord tonight. But does it seem sometimes that everywhere you go, man, it's just a praise session? Oh God, there He is, man. Oh, there she is, man. That's a won't fire for God. Burning the house down, man. We're going through the community. Woo! Look at Him go. And we become this surfer, man, on this surfboard riding these waves, man. And we used to call this in Teen Challenge the wave rider. Woo, he's always on top. Boy, look at him. Praise him on, man. Come on. Go another mile. Everything else is falling apart in your life. You still ain't got no character of God built in you. You're still talking slang and smack and cussing like a drunken sailor, smoking the house down like a chimney, drinking, doing all these things, hanging out. Whoa, boy, but look at him go, man. We need him part of our team. We got all these people waving, waving these batons and these palm leaves at us like we're Jesus. He says, be careful. Because true godly living comes with instruction and discipline. That you don't become one that becomes so addicted to the accolades of man that you stop allowing God to be able to speak into the details and the fine details of your life to build you up in maturity with Him. Don't just frequent and flock to the places that make you feel good. But allow God, not just in corporate places, but in your private time to be able to speak to the depths of the soul. He said, being productive is great. I was always patted on the back for my strong work ethic until it turned into drivenness and workaholism. 
then it becomes toxic. Ambition is wonderful when it's motivated by God's glory and governed by the Holy Spirit, but when it gets hijacked by our ego, it is lethal and leads devastation in its wake. Having good people skills is a wonderful quality for those who work in ministry until we begin to live for the approval of others and we find our significance in what they think of us. The result can be that we end up wearing our dysfunction as a badge of honor. For example, I secretly loved it when people would talk about how hard I worked. But what other people didn't know was their shadow side to what they perceived as a strength. I constantly pushed beyond the boundaries of a healthy worth ethic. I worked all the time. And he's talking about physical and spiritual. But I had no recreational interest. I had no sense of a healthy rhythm. I had no acknowledgement of my limits or of my out of control pace. My soul and my family paid the highest price through these years. And he has wrote down here a few strengths in the shadow side that I want to share with you that this has been part of my own life. Some of these have come great lengths further than where I was years ago or even last year. Some I still deal with in my own flesh. As I believe each of you will probably recognize some of these things, because I believe the audience here tonight, at this word and this message is for a specific group, and it's you, it's me. You're able to chew on this meat. Some others can't, but you're here tonight for a reason, to be able to hear a specific revelation and word that can help transform your life, protect you persevere you into the next steps if you allow God to be able to move. He said that there's a great strength of a commitment to excellence. I believe many of us probably have that strength in the house of the Lord that go to great lengths to do things right. Even in recovery, as we learn and we grow, we learn obedience in God's Word. We learn different places and people that we can't go around. And as God starts to build those boundaries in our life, we become very zealous for those things in a good way. It first becomes, it's because of selfish things, which God build, has to build that first. If, and, and He says, you know, if you don't love yourself, you can't love anyone else. God, He starts with this. And as He starts to, to clean this up, and as we start to, to want to do these things for Him and for no other reason, He begins to bless our life more and more. He said the shadow side to commitment to excellence, excellence is obsessive perfectionism. Ooh. You can go to my house right now, and I almost promise you, you won't find much out of order as you walk through the front door. I can't tolerate it. I can't stand it. I can't take chaos. I can't take filthiness. I can't take dirty. I can't take things being out of place. Everything has its place. Everything has an order. And it needs to be in its place. We need to be clean. We need to have things that we work for and to look good and for all these things that they can become unhealthy. When that becomes our identity. Those are good characteristics that God has given us, but when it becomes misdirected, it becomes very dysfunctional. 
And when we don't learn how to deal with these things the right way, it bleeds into other areas of our life as we've progressed through time. He said another great strength is speaking gifts. The shadow side, the good speaking gift, is an unhealthy need for the spotlight. We feel like, man, every time there's an audience, I need to grab the mic and I need to stand up for something, man. Give me the microphone. You know what I mean? I need a microphone. Can you not see what God has done in me? You better give me a place to be able to voice it, man. I'll come in and tear the doors off the place if I have to. I'll force my way into it. I'll rip the stinking pews out of the way that I come up. Someone's going to hear what I have to say, man. You realize what God's given me? He wants to give you right now? Now, those are extreme things. It can be that. But we desire the spotlight. You can desire the one that's receiving all the attention. I will speak to that tonight a minute. That's something I never had to deal with much because I was always kind of nervous. Even though tonight, it may not seem like it, and even though it may, I may just be oblivious to it anymore. But I get nervous speaking in front of people, man. I've never really wanted to be the one to stand up in front of people. I've been asked to many times, and God's called upon my life at times, but I would rather be the one sitting down in the chair that's listening, doing other things in the background at times. But an unhealthy need for the spotlight. A great strength is attention to detail. A shadow side to that is high control. I feel like you've got to be in control of everything. Very attention detailed people. They find it very hard to be able to release control to another person. That can bleed into your life spiritually. We can feel that we are so attention to detail and things of God's Word. God's spoken such revelation to us that we, that we will never allow someone else to be able to come in to be able to speak life into our life. We gotta be in control of everything. We can't submit ourselves under, under the authority of another leadership because we need to be the leadership. We've gotta be the one that's dictating all the moves on the chessboard. And, he says, when that's not brought in and brought under control of the power of the Holy Spirit, these areas will bleed into other areas of your family, your work life, your relationships in the community, ministry, God willing. A great strength is a visionary leadership. People with a vision that can see and even see through the lens of God. It says, the shadow side is they will use people in the name of the vision. They decide that the work that needs to be done is more important than the person that's performing the work. We start to, we will become so ambitious in our, the things God's given us to build that we'll start looking past God and, and because it's a great strength at times, we can become so vision minded. We do it when we come out of addiction into recovery and we start stepping into the truth of God. We start God, opens up our vision past the surface and past the now, we start seeing more two years, three years, four years, five years down the road, and we will steamroll everybody in our path. And we will use anybody that has something to offer us as we're trying to strive to get to this building place that God's calling us to, that we will annihilate people. And we will use them and we will suck them dry of every resource they have financially, spiritually, and emotionally just to get ours. That's a 
That's something that each and every one of us will deal with in some capacity. And he says, make sure that we submit these shadows of the darkness in the place of our life of the flesh over to the presence of God for Him to use those great gifts and strengths in our life in the way God intended it to be. Another great strength is servant-hearted. We just want to serve people. The shadow side is codependent and approval addiction. We want to serve, but then we want to serve so bad that the motive will start to become for us to be able to receive praise. As we talk before, we become addicted just like the drugs to people's smile and people's pat on the back. And the Lord says, if that starts to become part of your life, you start to see that tendency. Or let's say you walk into a place and no one recognizes you in the room. I will use this so it can be a little more tangible. We go into church and they're not burning your phone up, texting you, beating your door down, trying to build a relationship. You're not, you got, you got friends that you're meeting that, your family that God's bringing back into your life and you're going to family reunion and man, no one's, everybody else I'm connected with in my small group pats me on the back, gives me praise. These people act like I'm not even here. And we'll become discouraged. We will start separating ourselves because there's this dysfunction inside of us that can't see the people. The only thing that we can see is our need. And we'll become a junkie for approval in relationship. Another great strength is you get along with everyone. Shadow side to getting along with everyone is you will not go into a conflict, become spineless, weak, won't stand up for yourself or the things of God. No, we come. Someone that's kind of like Chad had mentioned before, like a jellyfish, man. We're just flopping all over the place. We ain't got no, no stamina inside of us. We can't go the next distance. He says, there's many more. But this is just a small glimpse into our life of the type of bondage that God wants to bring us out of goes so much further than the drug and alcohol. Because see, He hits on these few very key points That each and every one of us, if we're honest, we deal with these things. Each and every one of us desire the approval of man. Each and every one of us have a desire to be in control of our life and the things of our life. Each and every one of us wants to be an obsessive perfectionist in some way, shape, or form. It might not look like it in your house, but it may bleed into other areas of your life of control. Each and every one of us at times, we don't want to go into conflict because it's uncomfortable. No, each and every one of us at times, we need to we might not realize it or sometimes we do in the moment, but we use people. And in recovery, this is a big thing. I know people in Evansville and Henderson and Madisonville that's burnt these recovery meetings up and churches up for years. Man, they ain't went nowhere past where they are right now. And they, they burn them up for financial assistance, food, all kinds of things. They never go any further than where they are right now. And, and they look, and you know why? Because they may have a desire to, but they've never learned. 
They've never been discipled as they've come into the truth of God's Word for someone to set them down and to be able to speak the Word of life over top of them to say these are unhealthy things. They ain't how you treat people, man. You don't use people for your own selfish things. Oh, just to get what's, what you want. God wants to be the main provider in your life. He don't want you to have to look for a handout all the time. He don't want you to have to look for who's going to drop the next blessing. God may use those things and there may be times when we go through those periods, but He desires for us to look to Him first and then for Him to direct those things, not for you to go out and, and fudge it, manipulate it, and make it all happen. And so as we grow into our walk in the Lord, he said, when we don't pay attention to our soul, we will try to manage our brokenness by adjusting and rearranging the externals in life. Amen. I know I kind of got some dead stares as we read that, and we've been a little bit of length of time here, but I felt that we needed to. Because some, some of you in the house of the Lord hadn't been blessed enough to be under some of the instruction and discipleship and teaching that God has blessed me to be able to be under in my life. And I thank God for those times. And I thank God for those revelations. And I, and I, and I pray that God can use it in some way to help benefit you as I expose myself and my weaknesses. That you can see if they're part of your own life. Amen. The whole purpose of God... Coming to this world, the whole purpose of Jesus Christ, 33 years on this earth, suffered a horrendous death on the cross to save you from your sin. Eternally to save us from a damnation in hell, separation from God, and eternity with Him in heaven was not just for us to be able to come into that grace And then use Him as a doormat and for us to start walking now the next steps of our life however that we want to. God says when we start and we start going in that direction, remember, there's an adjustment that's going to have to be made. Those that will humble themselves before God in those moments and allow God to be able to speak to them and move will be able to experience great things of God. But when we refuse to deal with the inner workings of ourself, and we continue to ignore the different characteristics and drama and dysfunction in our life, and we keep saying, Oh God, I'm not going to let you touch it. Because I need this. I need people to feel sorry for me all the time. Cry up a storm. Every time anything bad, I just need everyone under the sun to come and come up alongside of me and put their hand on me and pray me through and to walk me through this trauma. The Lord says, He'll use those times, but there's got to be a time when you learn how to stand and to navigate without a person around you. What if you're out in the stinking desert, man? You know what I mean? What if, what if you're out in a place and you get put in a position, and you go into a job where there's not a voice of God anywhere around you. And He puts you in a place to where you're stuck working, and as you're, as you're coming out of addiction, you've got great financial things that you're dealing with, and He may put you in years of your life, 
before you ever be catapulted out into anything for the Lord, that you're still working through bondage and brokenness. And in the places where you are hemmed in, there's nobody sitting there being the voice of God to you. They're not coming into the break room, praising the house down, and wanting to minister to you, and wanting to help you through your brokenness. But God, through those times, He expects us, He says, look, I want to become your source of life. If you don't get anything out of this tonight or these past few weeks, I pray that you get this. Let God become your source. Become, Learn to become a worshiper of God. Not because of what He's doing for you or what you need to do. Or what you need Him to do. But learn to become a worshiper of God just because of who He is. And when you can learn to be a worshiper of God because of who He is and what He has already done in your life, you will be able to walk through storms that come upon you and He will forge His character in you and He will make you a man or woman of perseverance that can go the distance of time. You say, well, how have you got 10 years clean and sober and have not went back and serving the Lord? By being faithful in the little things. The Scripture says, if you're you're dishonest in little, you're going to be dishonest in much. If you're faithful in little, you'll be faithful in much. Be a good steward of what God's done for you in the house of the Lord tonight. Everybody in this building tonight has something to praise God for. You say, you don't know what's going on in my life. I don't need to. I know it may be bad. You don't know what's going on in mine, man. (laughs) We could sit here all night and butt heads and start. I mean, we can rain the house down with trauma. That's not why we're here. This ain't an AA meeting, NA meeting. It's a meeting where men and women come together and learn to grow up in the things of God. Not that we don't care about those things. But I see a man or woman that's breathing air right now. Has the use of their limbs. Every one of you look like you got eyes to be able to see. Every one of you has got something that God has done. He has allowed you to come into this place. You brought yourself here. Some of you might have had to get a ride. But you were able to come here and not be drugged on your own. Or God forbid, wheeled in in a wheelchair. Ain't nobody in here walking with a cane. Amen? Learn to be thankful for what God is doing now. Who He is. The enemy never wants you to come to that revelation, guys. This is why addiction is so rampant and people fail. Because they never learn how to stand and to persevere and to become a worshiper of God despite how it feels. Learn now in this place. Trust God. Start making a list to battle the enemy tomorrow because he's coming full force from the dark places all around. Don't think he's going to lay back dormant because you come into a place and you're a place of reprieve for him and he's looking for his next way of attack. To get you one degree off from course. 
And as He keeps doing those things and we become more misdirected, the promises of God start to fade in the backdrop of our life. Isaiah fifty four seventeen: No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Weapons formed against you starts to prosper. You start feeling the effects of the negativity all around you. Any, any voice that's rose against you in judgment, you shall condemn. You stop learning how to be the voice and to speak against the enemy and you start accepting the identity that he wants to place upon you. And he says, for this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Then he wants to say, no, you've been abandoned by God. No, he's not a good father. Look at all this that's happened in your life. He goes on to say, and your righteousness comes from me. Says to the Lord, know that God wants to use you as a weapon. In his hand, when you allow him to maneuver and you allow him permission in your life, there's nothing hard that the enemy is going to drag you over in this life. That's going to break the head off the match. He's going to ignite you into a place of life you've never experienced before. Some of the greatest joys in my life has come from the greatest pain and hell and circumstances that you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy. But in those times, He has given me a word, man. That's why I stand before you tonight. i got hell going on all around me still today. But I want to stand and be a voice to God. And I want to lead God's people into a place of freedom. Jesus, know who you are in the Lord. Stand up and fight tonight. And as we go, let's play a song of uh, worship, brother, something with no words. If you need a touch from God in the house of the Lord tonight, and you've been roaming this life emotionless, you've been roaming this life dead, you feel your life has no purpose, the passion that you used to have for the things that God have been drained from your life, The weapons of the enemy has come in and has pierced you from all directions. People have spoken lies over your life. They want to hold you to the identity of your past that God has already freed you from. God wants you to know that you have a heritage in the house of the Lord tonight. And it's not a heritage that was left behind from your daddy, from your grandpappy, from your grandma. It's a heritage that only comes from the presence of Almighty God. And the external things does not matter. Your righteousness is not because you have been so good in life. Your righteousness isn't from Him. And He loves you despite where you have been. He loves you despite the places in the mindset that you have been in in, and God wants to bring you out tonight. I know this word is for somebody tonight. That's why I feel the passion of the Lord rising up inside of me so much because God wants to free somebody in the house of God tonight. He wants you to be clothed and raised up as a soldier of warfare that can stand against the lies of the enemy. Cut the head off the lion as he comes out from these places of brokenness and he comes in and he wants to scream into our life. That you can cut the head off the lion and turn him into a mount, man. Stuff that sucker. Put him in your living room. 
as a spectacle, a display for the power of God to say, this is what the enemy tried to do here. But here's who my God is. Amen. Here's how he was working back in in this area when I thought there was no hope. And here's the word of the Lord that he gave me in that season. And people will start to come into your life. Situation, circumstances may be different, but the Spirit's the same and you can feel it. And God's given you something to give to them. Some of you have great gifts to offer in the house of the Lord and you have been silent and dormant for too long. God wants to bring you up tonight and He wants to bring you out of the shadows. Jesus, allow God the permission to move.